There's Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 Things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey's denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crown champions of the world. From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. Hello and welcome back to FUVFC, WFUV Sports' best, if not only, soccer podcast. I'm back. I heard from Gino Alva last week with Nick Palmer, who made his FUVFC debut. Gino is here today. Nick Guzman is here today. I'm, of course, James Burley. Nick, I'll go to you first. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing excellent, considering possibly the most famous athlete on this entire planet is coming to Major League Soccer, and he will be gracing Major League, gracing MLS. He'll be going up with, against the likes of Sean Nealis and Dylan Nealis and the Red Bulls defense in August. So this is what we live for. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Um, just what a crazy couple of days. Just I would never have thought that Messi would come play in the states, especially you know in inter inter Miami. But yeah, it's like like Nick said, you know, the most famous man on the earth is playing here, and MLS is going to be better than ever. Yeah, and that's where our discussion today is going to start. It's going to start at home, but like a thousand miles down south and. The- the southern area of Florida, just outside Miami and Fort Lauderdale, Drive Pink Stadium is going to be the home of Lionel Messi, the greatest soccer player to ever live. I'm just saying that right now. You can you can uh, argue with me on your own if you don't agree with that. He's coming to Major League Soccer, and he's only 35. He's not retiring. He's in his prime, towards the end of his prime. But he had 41 goal contributions in 41 games for PSG this year. Won the World Cup six months ago. Was the top scorer behind Mbappe. It, this is an unprecedented move that only the likes of David Beckham, I thought, back in 07, uh, could even rival. But this is something else. Nick, Lionel Messi is on our shores. What, what, what do we make of this? It's, I mean, this man won the world. He led his country to the World Cup. To, to a World Cup title, you know, in, in December. That was not that long ago. I Messi is, he's past his prime, yes, but even Messi at this stage of his career is an incredible player and likely the best player in Major League Soccer. In terms of an on-the-field product, it's not, <laughs> he is the best player in Major League Soccer. I was saying likely, <laughs> like we really have to add oh, well, that there's Tom. There's Tom Barlow. There is Tom Barlow, and you can't you can't forget Elias Manuel either. Yeah, I mean, Lucinias is also kind of like Messi a little bit, just minus the scoring and the passing. And the passing, he's got the dribbling down. He's right? got the dribbling though. But Messi, you know, this isn't quite a, a Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, Andrea Pirlo situation where those guys had clearly and visibly declined in Europe for at least one full season before they came to Major League Soccer. And that's clear. It's clear that 
you know, those guys, that was the last step of their career. And for Messi, it, this probably is as well, but like you said, James, 40 goal contributions, you know, last season and, and, and people are saying it's a down year for Messi. He's kind of a victim of his own standards in, in that effect. You know, you have so many years of scoring 35 plus goals in the league with, with, you know, 10 plus assists and crazy numbers that the minute you dip a little bit below that people, you know, people don't hold other players to the same standards as they hold Messi. So just from a purely on the field perspective, I mean, to see him play in major league soccer, a player of, of his caliber, probably the greatest player of all time. It's just incredible. It's really a dream come true. And, and James, you and I, you know, if he comes by that late August date at Red Bull arena, you and I will be there. And, and that will be the opportunity of a lifetime to get to cover Lionel Messi. And then beyond what happens on the field. I mean, you, everybody saw what happened with, with inter Miami social handles and, and those numbers getting, you know, increased by the millions, the minute Messi announced that he was coming to Inter Miami, also ticket prices, not just for Inter Miami, but for MLS clubs all around the country who have games coming up against Inter Miami, you know, those prices, if say tickets normally $25, those prices were up in the hundreds and, and, you know, only climbing. And that just says a lot about, uh, you know, the legacy of Lionel Messi and just how famous this man is, because I think a lot of Americans can't, maybe who aren't soccer fans can't really comprehend just the level of fame that this man possesses. It's like on another level than LeBron James or any American athlete you can think of, you know, those guys are famous and you'd recognize any one of them in the street, but you know, Messi's an icon and he's an icon to so many different people. And now he's playing in major league soccer. So I'm just so incredibly excited to have him, to have him grace the American shores. I think the first thing I thought of when I heard the news was impact. I mean, I thought of David Beckham because obviously when Beckham came over to the States, it was like, I guess, a transformal year for American soccer because we have a superstar in America. He's playing LA Galaxy. We saw what he did with LA Galaxy and won many titles. But, you know, I don't want to you know repeat what you're saying, Nick, about, you know, Messi and what he's done in the past. But obviously, we know he is the greatest player to play this game and for him to come to Inter-Miami and in a difficult situation because, you know, Inter-Miami right now are last in Eastern Conference. They have been playing well. Uh, I think they sacked Phil Neville a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. it's a very crazy time right after Inter-Miami. But obviously with the impact him coming here, I mean, Inter-Miami are in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup. So they can, Messi can have an opportunity to win another title here. I mean, he, you know, he won the, I think he won the, he won a couple of titles with PSG, but, you know, for him to make a, a statement here, win a title with Inter-Miami will be a great uh, step, another, you know, trophy for his, uh, his cabinet. But, I mean, it's insane. I saw like the, the other day too that um, the ticket prices of right now in the NBA Finals is like four hundred something dollars. But to see like a match in Inter in in Miami to see Messi play, it's like five hundred dollars. Like it's insane how much money Inter Miami is going to make. The app Apple is going to give a percentage of the revenue to Messi. It's just it's it's an insane deal. Like there's so many like fun facts about this deal and that that like I just don't even know like what's going to happen. I mean, I think. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season if Messi and the team can turn it around, possibly qualify for a playoff spot. You know, it's with this new, you know, MLS playoff format, uh, potentially a, a qualifying for a wild card round. It's great stuff for uh, for Miami, but yeah, definitely improvement to, to the Miami team to eventually get to a playoff spot. But, you know, I mean, we could talk about Messi this whole entire time, but it's definitely an exciting time about Major League Soccer right now. For sure. Uh, uh, 100%. And I'm glad you, you focused on the word impact. And I don't want to harp on the finances of it all, but 
Messi turned down $1.2 billion to go to play in Saudi Arabia, like the likes of N'Golo Kante, Karim Benzema, and more famously, Cristiano Ronaldo. And even though Messi has got now a foot into the Apple TV deal and the Adidas money, he's still expected to earn maybe at most a quarter of what he could have been making in Saudi Arabia. This decision for Messi came down to, one, probably wanting to live in South Florida. Who can blame him? It's beautiful. And the football. He wanted to play soccer at a higher level than he could have. And in Saudi Arabia, that would not have been the case. Should he Could he have signed for Al-Hilal, who are a really good side and have competed with European teams and South American teams at the Club World Cup? Yes, but across the whole, Major League Soccer is a league of parity. And I think what we see in that is Inter-Miami are on 15 points in 16 matches, sitting in last in the Eastern Conference. But just a few more wins. And Nick, we talk about this with the Red Bulls a lot because they're only four points ahead of Miami. There's only like six teams that Inter-Miami have to become better than in order to make the playoffs. And if I'm going to rattle off some names, MLS fans will know that it's not going to be that difficult to be better than the Chicago Fire, Toronto FC, CF Montreal, Charlotte FC, New York City FC, and the New York Red Bulls. That is very manageable, even without Messi coming. Messi's coming. Should they make the playoffs, I would be very nervous to go up against that man. And they are in the semifinal of the Open Cup. The Red Bulls got knocked out in the round of 16. New York City didn't even make it that far. They got to go past FC Cincinnati, who are the Supporter Shield leaders. But that is also feasible too, man. I, I'd like to say that Messi might actually win a real trophy for the first time in his uh, career come come late September, which would be which would be great for him. I'm, I'm sure he's really looking forward to that. To keep to keep talking about impact real quick. Lionel Messi was the second most searched thing in America the day it was revealed he signed to Inter Miami. The only thing that was searched more was air quality in New York City. He got ten times more Google searches than Josh Allen, who was announced to be on the cover of Madden the same day. Ten times more. He's averaged uh, not him Inter Miami, excuse me have averaged 1,400 new followers on Instagram per minute since that came out. That's live to this moment, that statistic. And now Inter-Miami have more followers on socials than any other Miami sports team in the matter of a couple days. That's impact. I mean, eyeballs on the league now are coming from all over the globe. The five countries that searched for Lionel Messi the most on Google, not a single one was the U.S. There are going to be so many non-American MLS fans probably going to be more non-American MLS fans than American MLS fans, which is a, a weird thing to even think about, but it's going to happen. We talk about Beckham in 07. What he did was he transitioned MLS from a league that had not a lot of eyes on it and was like, couldn't really make a lot of money. You, you think about, if you've read uh, Grant Wall's book about the, the Beckham effect, um, there are players on that team who were living with each other and had to get second jobs. And they're playing for the LA Galaxy. That's like the most famous MLS team, especially at the time. Now, that is not the case. You can thank David Beckham for a lot of that. The U.S. is hosting the 2024 Copa America and the 2026 World Cup. Lionel Messi coming now seems like the perfect time to usher in. What are we in? MLS 4.0? Give us MLS 5.0 and U.S. Soccer 3.0. This is going to have such a great impact it's going to be the most influential signing in American sports history. And I, I think he's the most influential athlete in world history. So this is, I, we don't even know what we're going to see. I, I can't even put into words what could come out from this. And I am chomping at the bit for him to come over and play in his first game. Even if I'm not an inner Miami fan, 
I just want to see the growth. And I think there's so much potential for it. Yeah. And it doesn't even like in terms of athlete and their fame and their profile, David Beckham's a very, he's a brand. He's a very famous guy. You know, it goes beyond the pitch. You know, he's a great player, you know, for Manchester United, Real Madrid, great for England, captain to England. He's not on the same level in terms of fame as Lionel Messi. I mean, this is the most, you know, one of the most iconic athletes of all time coming to apply his trade in Major League Soccer. And I think in MLS, from a competitive standpoint, you know, for, as someone, you and me, James, who pay attention to MLS, it's not like he joined LAFC and made like a really great team that much better. You know, I kind of like that he joined Inter-Miami, a team that's struggling, and we'll see how far he can take them. I mean, in terms of competition for the league, it just makes another team that's going to be up there and fighting for silverware towards the end of the season because he has all the powers to to transform that side just being him and and being in that team. And now there's so many more rumors about who Inter-Miami wants to bring, whether it's Sergio Busquets. I saw Angel Di Maria's name get thrown in the, thrown in the ring the other day. So, you know, it's really – it's not just a, a sporting moment. It's a, it's a cultural moment in the United States. And I don't know if people have fully grasped that yet, but just, just based on the numbers and on social media, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how viewership is impacted by Messi being there. But this is a, this is a, a huge cultural moment in American history. And I don't think that's downplaying, you know, what's occurring with Lionel Messi coming into Miami. Definitely perfect timing, like what James said. The World Cup, the Copa America, all these events are happening. Uh, it's just an exciting time. I mean, back in '94 when the World Cup was here, you know, the MLS started. Beckham's arrival, more popularity. Time went on in the 2010s decade. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of fans were invested in American soccer. 2014 World Cup, the men's national team went. 2018 took a detour, and then coming back to the Qatar World Cup team back in the in the world cup uh the men's national team back in the world cup and now having various players from america to play in, in european competitions it's definitely uh american soccer right now is really really good and timing is the key and i think what messi has done like you said yeah i mean he could have gone to any team he wanted in in the world but he decided to come to america he decided to come to a miami team that is struggling and maybe maybe he, he wants to go closer to home because I thought he was going to retire in um in uh, Newell's old boys, you know, Argentina. He said that after, you know, all before he went to PSG and, you know, all this, you know, other scenarios happened. But, you know, I think it's a perfect location for him. Spanish speaking city. He is the world champion. So uh, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him when it comes to, to New York. And it's going to be a very exciting time around the Copa America. And it it appears he may be bringing some friends along too. Sergio Busquets was the first name and I think is probably the most believable because he's not going to cost designated player messy type money in MLS. They can probably get him under the salary cap with a TAM deal. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the MLS roster rules. You, if you've heard about this deal, you know that they have weird rules. Uh, the name Luis Suarez was brought up. I'm going to pump the brakes there. He just signed a two-year contract with Gremio in Brazil. Angel Di Maria is out of contract. He may be signing with Benfica, but now the Inter Miami rumors are starting. Jordi Alba, same deal. And now with Phil Neville gone, that must have been an awkward conversation with Beckham. Um, they might be bringing in Tata Martino, who has had success as a manager in Major League Soccer, brought uh, Atlanta United to MLS Cup in 2018, although we don't like to talk about that. Uh, 
he also brought Mexico to a group stage exit at the 2022 World Cup. We'd love to talk about love that. Love to talk about that. So Tata Martino, I mean, at the wheel, I think reunited with Messi too. Their time in Barca together. He's an Argentine manager. But as now, the caretaker for uh, for uh, Inter-Miami is Javier Morales, who is Argentinian, born in Buenos Aires. And uh, Gino, I, I don't know if the clock has run out for Messi to go play at Newell's Old Boys, because by the time this contract is up, he's going to be here for two, two and a half years, maybe. Um, he'll be 37, pushing on 38. I think he could still go play in, in Rosario uh, and back home. Uh, we'll, time will tell. Right now, let's focus on his time coming in in Major League Soccer. He's expected to debut most likely in late July after the All-Star game. Um, I think it'd be forceful if they tried to put him in the All-Star game, but that would be fun. Either way, this is, I think we're going to look back on this moment, this week, and say that this was a turning point in American soccer for Major League Soccer and the game in this continent, not just in America, but the Western Hemisphere as a whole. Because Messi's never played here. He's never played professionally in his home continent, in his home country. He's playing in America before he does any of that. That is that is significant. And the, the U.S. has never had an athlete like this on their shores. You can make an argument for Pele and the New York Cosmos, but MLS is a bigger deal now. There's 29 teams in this league, and they all have good enough infrastructure to support themselves. The NASL did not have that. So I think we are going to be looking back on 2023, Messi's first year in Major League Soccer as a turning point for the sport in this country in the same way that the 94 World Cup was in the creation of MLS and 07 was in bringing Beckham over. So this is truly remarkable. And yeah, just just closing thoughts on Messi before we have to move on to talk about European football again, because I guess that's still important, even though they don't have any of the greatest players in the world anymore, except guys like Mbappe, Holland, and, and Lautaro Martinez, who's going to be playing I, I had to rope in an inner my inner Milan player for that discussion. But Nick, if final thoughts on Messi, if there's anything else you want to say, because I, I could go all day on this. This yeah. There was rumored for so for for a while that you know Messi to Inter Miami could be a thing. But I I feel like at some point, and you're not really a professional, you know, you're a professional footballer playing his trade in Europe if you don't ever get linked to an MLS team. You know, you're just not like at some stage in your career, that's gonna happen. And it happens to everyone. It's a kind of a rite of passage at this point. And some guys do come over and a lot of guys don't. So you kind of learn to not really get your hopes up over these kinds of things. But then it started to become more concrete in these last couple of days. And now he's coming officially. I, I'm just so excited to see what this is going to do for the game in the United States. And there's just so much to, to look forward to. I mean, if you want to go back to, you know, I guess almost six years ago now that that fateful night in Trinidad and Tobago with the national team and thinking about how much of a low point that was in terms of U S soccer in general and getting to this point where MLS is at the place where it is right now in terms of talent, even without Messi, I mean, the quality in this league is as good as it's ever been. And it's only going to get better, you know, with all the players that are being brought in, in, you know, consistently. And now with Messi, that, that quality of play just goes to another level that's not even without mentioning, you know, we're hosting the 2024 Copa America. Two years after that, we're hosting the World Cup, like you mentioned, James. Two of the premier international competitions that this game has to offer are both coming on U.S. soil. And, and the greatest player to ever play the game is playing here now. So as someone who has always cared a lot about the growth of the sport in this country, it's just a, a, a great moment. And I'm just 
so excited to see what this is going this is going to do to build the game even more because we're at a point now that I think probably wasn't even that conceivable maybe a decade ago maybe 15 years ago you would you wouldn't think that we'd be at this point we're at almost 30 teams all of them self-sustaining all of them you know profitable and with players that could be playing you know in Europe in their teams and and the quality of play only getting better and to see that we're at this point right now, it's just so exciting and rewarding, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop now rewarding. Like I did something about, it. I mean, <laughs> I just talk about it, but I, I think you get what I'm saying. Just that it, it feels like, you know, a lot of hard years of support have sort of are sort of paying off, but it doesn't stop here. It keeps going and it doesn't stop with Messi and it doesn't stop with Copa America. It doesn't stop with the world cup. We're going to, we're going to conquer the world at this rate. It's been the craziest and longest soccer season of I think our lives started. Crazy, we're from, still in the same season. We're still in yeah. the same season because, like you know, obviously American soccer it's all summer. European competitions are over in the summer, but it's still going. The season started off, I think, technically last July with the MLS. You know, continuing a World Cup happened. Uh, the second, uh, the second half of uh, European competitions happened. Players left. Players stayed. It's just a crazy, crazy time we're living in, and. I just can't wait for, you know, next year, the soccer season, soccer season to be over. Then we have a Copa America while there's an MLS season. Then the World Cup is coming. It's just American soccer is going crazy right now. And, you know, with all this advertising, so the the host cities and, you know, players and it's just uh, it's it's something I wanted maybe like six or seven years ago when I was like, you know, middle school, high school, because there was still there was still some excitement in soccer. But not 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 like not like now so uh it's still we're living in a crazy time we're living in a crazy time the world is talking about major league soccer the world is talking about a soccer player who plies his trade in the united states that is something i did not think i was going to be saying even a year ago even though there were rumors but we're saying it now it is reality and that, that is music to my ears. That is something we love to see. American soccer is on the rise. They got a big game in six days. If we have time at the end of this episode, we will squeeze that in. But first, we got to talk about the European football calendar, which ends tomorrow, precisely two hours after kickoff at 3 p.m. It's Champions League final, folks. Manchester City, despite over 100 financial allegations of uh, breaking the rules, they get to win a treble, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. We'll find out. They play Inter Milan. Um, I, like, I want to talk about Messi, man. I want to talk about MLS. We got this. Wait, was this the Champions League final? It's not even the CONCACAF Champions League final. I don't want to talk about this. I'm only joking, of course. Pep Guardiola can cement his legacy with a treble. Um, Inter Milan can do the unthinkable. They have the lowest odds of any Champions League finalists in like 40 years or something or other like that. It's a David, it's Goliath. We know what City did in the FA Cup. We know what they did in the Prem this season to chase down Arsenal. Inter Milan were very much chasing Napoli as every other team in Italy was. But they have looked very formidable in this Champions League. And it brings us to the point now where Man City can cement themselves as a super club on the European stage if they win this match. And Inter Milan are still clinging on to some glory of the past with some uh, influx of bright youth, as I, I previously mentioned with Lautaro Martinez. I know I can't really say he's youth anymore. I mean, outside of uh, outside of Man City having a 65% probability of winning the match before it even starts, 
what can we say about Inter Milan's chances in this one? And I, and notice I'm saying Inter Milan in full because we have to be distinctive with Inter Milan and Inter Miami because we did spend a good portion talking about Inter Miami thus far. Nick, I'll go to you. Should we expect Inter to do anything in this game or am I just going to go home the sad Manchester United fan now that City's won the treble? I mean, I think Inter have probably one strategy in mind and that is park the bus, hit on the counter get a set piece and maybe try to nick a, a one nil if city aren't clinical on the day. I think there's, there's a, there's definitely a reason why the odds are the way they are. This man city team proved, you know, especially in the second half of the season, they're incredible and, and, and they play incredible and they can set up in different shapes, whether they want to do that inverted weird thing with John stones playing in the midfield, or they don't even have to do that if they want to, they have good enough fullbacks to not do that, or they can, have Stones play in the midfield. You know, you can start Grealish on the wing with Bernardo Silva and then Holland, and then you have the luxury of having Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez come off the bench, which is kind of insane to say. So we all know how good this Man City team is. But, you know, Inter Milan, no one's giving you a chance, but you're in the final. You beat every team that was standing in your way to get to this point, and now it's 90 minutes. It's one game. It's not like you have to compete against Man City like Arsenal did for a 38-game season, which almost no one can do. When it comes down to one game, you know, who knows what can happen. And you saw this when Man City played Chelsea in the Champions League final in 2021. Man City were favored. You know, I don't think that was nearly as good of a Man City side that season as it is this year, you know, especially with the addition of Erling Holland. I think that Chelsea team was probably better than this Inter Milan team. But all it takes is you know, one through ball from Mason Mount and Kai Havertz rounds the keeper and scores. And then you hang on you and you win 90 minutes is, is anything can happen. Truly anything can happen. And I think to completely write off Inter Milan and say that, you know, what's even the point of playing this match, Man City are going to win. Yes, they're probably going to win, but I don't think that's fair. I think in a 90 minute game, who knows, who knows anything can happen, but on paper, yes, this city team should blow away this Inter Milan team and I think even when you just looked at the quality of the semifinal between Inter Milan and AC Milan I was just saying to myself I don't think either of these teams have a chance against Man City no matter who was going to win that tie but you know for City the narrative changes completely if you lose this match either you have the greatest season of all time one of the greatest seasons of all time I don't want to discredit the 99 United treble winners at all but you're in that conversation of one of the best seasons, one of the best club seasons of all time, especially for an English club. And if you lose this game, it just becomes another what if. You know, same thing with Liverpool last year. Liverpool were two steps away from the quadruple and they fell short, you know, in both steps. And that season, all, all you come away with it is with a, a, a League Cup and an FA Cup win. And it doesn't have nearly the same ring, even though you got to that point where you were just seconds or, or minutes away from, you know, winning everything. So if Man City lose this match, you know, the outlook on the season, all of a sudden you're not having the greatest season of all time. And it's a disappointment, even though you won the league and the FA Cup, it's, it's a disappointment. You made it all the way to the Champions League final, especially considering the opponent, you know, you don't want to disrespect Inter Milan. There's some really good players in that side, whether it's, you know, Latar Martinez or Lukaku or Edin Dzeko up top. There's really, really good players. Brozovic in the middle, Chatalaglu, but City should win. I think they will win. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be close. But just to cover my back a little bit, I'll say you never know. 
But realistically, I think we're going to city three. nil. that's my, that's my prediction. Yeah. Last week I had talked to Nick about, cause he has a man city perspective about it. And, uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to give a quick summary of what I said, but most of these players played in the 2021 final and we saw how fast they dissolved in, in the second half when Chelsea were winning, I think by two, by one. Uh, and Man City are a team that prepare. They're organized. They're in form right now. They've won two titles in the past three weeks. They won the Premier League. They won the FA Cup final. They were really good in the FA Cup final. But there was a bit where we saw that, you know, they kind of struggled with the attack and it was just not working. But uh, we saw that also against Real Madrid in a leg one. You know, it was two. It was two one in the Bernabeu. But you know, there was times where Real Madrid were dominating the possession and could score against City. But City, you know, defended really well. And you know, Ederson at right now isn't the best goalkeeper in the world. But you know, obviously he's going to be starting in the final. Um, but yeah, like you said, Nick, it's one game. There's no second leg. Maybe that could take an advantage to Inter Milan because you know, City has to play one game. Win it, you win the Champions League, you're part of history, and you're joining Manchester United as the second English club to win the treble. It's in, in symbol, am I, am I correct? In symbol of the Champions League final? Yeah, it's in symbol. So, uh, Man City fans are loyal, but Inter fans are loud and passionate, and Inter can change the course of history by just scoring a goal from a set piece or you know a lucky uh, corner, uh, corner kick. So, anything, anything can happen. Anything can happen if... They have a lot of attacking options, but obviously on paper, Man City is the better team. They really they wanted more than last year. They were supposed to win it last year, but you know I think they took that three minutes in the Bernabeu as motivation to to win this Champions League final. So it's definitely going to be it's not going to be the most entertaining final, but it's definitely going to be a final to you know to see if like if Man City can actually finally win the Champions League, cement themselves as European uh, winners, and you know win it again next year if they win it this year. Oh, we're already talking about them winning again next year? Come on, man. They got to win it this year first. It's reality. uh, It is reality. The reality of of this situation is, I think, it's inarguable to say anything other than Manchester City are the best team in the world by far. Uh, They deserve to be at this point with the players they have and the way that they play and the way that they're managed. Pep Guardiola got a lot of scrutiny for the way he came out in the match in 2021 without a true holding midfielder. Um, He may play with as many as three true holding midfielders with the system that they like to employ. John Stones can step into midfield and will play like Sergio Busquets because apparently that's been happening because City are just unbeatable. And he can do it. He does it so well. He's He's so so good. good. They didn't like look. City couldn't even figure that out when they had Vincent Company on the back line. They got it from John Stones of all people. It's remarkable what they've been able to do, and that's just a sliver of it. We haven't even I don't have we said the name Erling Holland or Kevin De Bruyne yet today, who I think are firmly within two, both of them the five best football players in the world. And I don't think I don't think there's any wiggle room to get them out of that conversation. Um, this is a generational team, and if they win the Champions League they will have cemented that. If they don't, they will forever be pointed at as the team that couldn't get it done in Europe, the likes of PSG. But PSG win, PSG winning Ligue 1 every year is not the same as City dominating five of the last six years of the Premier League. So this is, this is um, a real opportunity for the citizens to cement themselves as English footballing history, which is something that they get made fun of for not being. So this is, this is uh, absolutely huge for them. Inter Milan, every every team out that, that isn't in England, every fan is is begging you guys to win it. 
easier said than done. Um, we're and we're saying how hard it's going to be anyway. So I do think that yeah, they're they're a remarkable side, but Man City are otherworldly. Even in AFC, even in, even in Ted Lasso, they are otherworldly. So this is this is something that 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 goes beyond reality. It's an it's an it's an art form really. Um, Nick, you said three nil. I'm I'm gonna say three one. I do think uh, Inter Inter Milan will score. I think they're gonna score when they're down two nil, and then City are going to uh, put the cherry on top late on. Gino, what is your prediction? I think last week I said it was gonna be maybe a three one to City, okay. but I think Inter can score a goal. It's gonna, it's just gonna be very close. If Milan go if Inter if Inter go up one nil. You best believe eleven players are getting oh, behind man. that yeah, ball. Yeah, I, I I also said that last week. I said you know, it's like a surprise to the Man City team if they're scored on because you know like whoa we're the best team in the world. We've won these trophies these past you know we've worked hard this season last season too. If they get scored on, it's like they're like held back. They're like astonished. Like they're gonna have to keep working even harder to, to score the second goal. So if Inter Milan can somehow manage to score a goal, then another one, then it's it's dangerous for City for sure. At at that point. The first goal is huge, and at that point, it could be anybody's game. Their strategy will will certainly be in their back pocket if they score. Just park it up, and it's possible, but I think we've all beaten the horse to the point where we have let the listener know, if you're watching the game tomorrow at 3, watch Man City because they are on the cusp of making some insane history that only in England Manchester United has been able to do, and a, a small handful of clubs across European football have been able to do. We've got a few minutes left. So while we've had the inner Miami party and the messy party and the man city party, Nick, do you, do you have you. a player in mind for guess the club history? I, we just don't have a name for the segment. We got a little over five minutes left. We're going to try to make this quick. Then we'll give some quick thoughts about us, Mexico and the nation's league next Thursday. But Nick, take it away. The floor is yours. I have, I have such a good one for you, James. Oh, I think no. it's going to be harder than Michael Bradley. He's going to be putting your ball knowledge to the test. Okay. Can you name the eight clubs that DeMarcus Beasley has played for in his career? Okay. That is so hard. I thought of four off the bat, and I think that's all I'm going to get. I got Manchester City. Yes. And I'm not I'm not going in order. I'm not going in order. Um, PSV? Yes. Rangers? Yes. Puebla. Yes. Houston Dynamo. Yes. And I feel like I'm hitting a roadblock here. I think like after this, it's going to get so hard. I can give you some hints. Is There's a German team in there, isn't there? There is. Very briefly. Very briefly. Is I want to say it starts with an H, but I don't know. Is, not uh, Hoffenheim. No. Hanover. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Six, six for, for, for tricky bees. I, I like, I like my numbers there. Can you give me, and you're missing, you the... know, if you know, by the way, jump in. I'm lost, man. I don't know <laughs> what, what you guys are talking about. You're oh, missing, man. you're missing the two MLS teams that start of his career. FC Dallas. No, I don't know where he's he only he's had like... two appearances for one of these teams, but he played 98 games for the other team. Two, so, huh. Are one of these teams now defunct? No. No, okay, okay. That was that was a helpful hint then. Because I had I had Chivas and I had like old MLS names. I was thinking Kansas City Wizards for some reason, but no. I don't think so. We mentioned one of these teams uh, earlier in the episode. 
Chicago Fire. Yes. Okay. Was that the '98 one? Yeah, and then and then another team that we also mentioned earlier in the episode. You yeah, said like Galaxy. Them being very famous. Yes. Okay. Los Angeles hey, Galaxy. I look. I, I like. I like that. That was a good one. Bees and was then a good you, one. You, what is MLS Pro Forty? MLS Pro Forty was that part of like the reserve league? It says he was loaned twice when he was at Galaxy and then Chicago Fire to MLS Pro Forty. That was, but, I think, I think that was like the thing they did years ago, like, at, like for like young players. I, I, I don't know the full scope of that. When did they do that? In like the night, like so this 90s? was two thousand two. Yeah, two thousand two. Okay. He went to was, Pro Forty in ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah. He huh. scored six goals in two games in 1999 in MLS Pro. Oh, I think, and then they were like, "This guy's ready to." This guy's uh, ready, ready to make the jump. Yeah, uh, played in four World Cups. Marcus Beasley, 02, yes. 06, 2010, 2014. Would have been He's there for 2018. An American, you... an American legend, and uh, by the way, groundbreaking for uh, black and brown soccer players in this country too. He is his impact cannot be understated. One of one of American soccer's greatest. What a legend! What a great pick for that too nick I, i'm very glad you did bees and i'm and i'm and i'm you know I, i'm satisfied with my progress i got like five and three quarters i'll say of, so if we only eight. get harder from this point what, what's like oh, the no. peak of what we <laughs> like i'm gonna like I, we're gonna have to bring out some names like it's gonna be like maurice adu freddie adu like i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking like we're gonna have to get into the weeds because these are these are household names for american soccer fans so for them for those for michael bradley and demarcus beasley to be that hard um yeah that's uh, uh that'll that'll make for an interesting next few segments we've got a little under two minutes here really quickly usa mexico while we're talking about american soccer players while we're talking about the impact messi's having on the u.s soccer landscape the biggest matchup in american soccer is against mexico they're playing in the nation's league semifinal uh on thursday mexico are going through a bit of a transitional period uh the tigris manager stepped up replaced tata BJ Callahan is the manager of the U.S., I guess. I don't really know. Tim Weah came out and said he wants Bearhalter back. Christian Pulisic said he, he respected Bearhalter. Twitter hated that. Don't, don't tell Don't, tell, don't Twitter. tell Twitter. Don't tell – yeah, don't tell Twitter. After the players – maybe the players know a little bit more about the team than you do. Yeah, Possibly. yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't want they, they, back, know a little, they, they might know a thing or two more about Bearhalter than some YouTubers, but I digress. We have under a minute really quickly – it's an aging Mexico team that they're trying to put some pieces together. Luis Chavez in the middle, whatever it is. Just give me predictions while we while we have time. I'm going to go 2-1 to the U.S. Falarin Balogan is going to get his first goal. 1-0 USA. Walker Zimmerman header in the 82nd minute. I'm going to say 2-1 USA. There we go. Up the Yanks for this one. Wow, this has been a great episode. Messi to MLS. Man City for the treble. We'll find out tomorrow. And U.S.-Mexico next week. For Nick Guzman, Gino Albo, I'm James Burley saying so long. 